0: everyone and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church podcast. My name is Max Turman. I'm your moderator and with me this week is Christmas trivia champion president elect Alfonso de la yeah, Pastora. Yeah, yes. Woo-hoo. And guests. <laughs> <laughs> co-president <Companions>. Co-president elect <laughs> no, Scott you. Reed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And co-president runner up Bill <laughs> Calvin. Yeah. If elected, I will not serve. That's right. Uh, we'll never forget. And if not elected, you will not <laughs> serve. Sure. If no, per- he's not elected, right. he will serve. It's <laughs> the perfect <laughs> plan. That's what he
1: wants no matter what. Uh, Dan, will you, uh, will you pray for us? Sure. Lord, we give you thanks for another day of life. What a privilege it is to be alive, to to know you, to be able to serve you. And Lord, thank you for all that you've done for us. We pray that you would be with our time together. Lord, may it benefit us and draw us closer to you and also those who are listening. Lord, we love you. And we just ask to be guided by you in this conversation and this time in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: All right, Scott. All right, one second. I feel like my
1: All right. mic in keeps In the meantime, like, Bill, did you have something else you yeah. wanted to say about your failed campaign? <laughs>
2: <laughs> who said it failed? Yeah. Maybe he went... That's it went true.
1: Wild That's Wildly exactly what I was praying for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Listeners, mm. if you'd like to donate to the Recliner Fund, mm, there yes. is no Recliner Fund. Back. I like how you say, oh, there's no Recliner Fund, but we've never officially said there's no Jet Ski Fund. Well, there
2: is a Jet Ski Fund. Back in the day, before, <laughs> We're before COVID, it was the Jet Ski Fund, and now that we've been in pandemic world for 10 months, it's the Recliner that's Fund. The Recliner Fund. I don't know if that's a step up or a step down. Four Just recliners? don't take
3: money out of that Jet Ski Fund. That's Guys, if I we got recliners,
1: all we would do is we'd like, fall asleep in the middle of the show. Well, Bill's doing that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just
3: that day I was fasting and didn't feel so good (laughs) at all. I think I also made a run like eight or 10 miles before I came.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm sorry.
3: I've never never uttered
1: that sentence in my life.
0: (laughs) I was fasting and I ran 10 miles, so I fell asleep during the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And now I can never make fun of him again.
2: (laughs) Bill, would you rather skydive without Mm. a lesson or scuba dive without a lesson? Oh, wow. Uh,
3: Scuba dive? Because I've
0: already done that. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> He's a better man than I was. Have you already
3: gone skydiving?
2: No. Oh, and I, I okay. have no
3: desire to oh, okay. do that.
2: All right. I would Any any thoughts on what Bill just said? I agree with Bill. Mm-hmm. I would I would scuba dive. I would skydive. I think I would skydive too. Because the thing about skydiving is it should be fairly easy
0: proof. There's only one thing that goes wrong. You just pull this. There's only one thing that goes wrong. Well, with the scuba diving, that. There's no
2: degrees of if like if you knew well, I guess if you knew nothing, you'd die either way. You know, I,
3: I just remembered I wasn't scuba diving. I was
2: snorkeling. Whoops.
1: <laughs> 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 Pretty much easier. Yeah. I think if something's going to go wrong, there would be easier. Uh, unless you're really far down and you get the mm-hmm. bends. Mm-hmm. You yeah, get the decompression kind of sickness, and that's a problem. Or and you die dead anyway. Or so knowing
3: that you can edit this if you need to. Oh, boy. No <laughs> For a birthday present, Nancy says, I got you this like rocket man thing at Lake Michigan. Will I remember you what doing that. <laughs> 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 You have this pack, you know, and you can rock it around over the water. Oh, what? Yeah. So, I remember
2: that, the, like The so, water jetpack. Yeah,
3: the jet, right? water jetpack. Yeah. Yeah. So w- we go down a lake, Michigan, and, and get in the water. And, and the worst teacher in the world spends five minutes <laughs> explaining what to do. And the gist of it was whatever you do, don't let yourself lean back, even like one one <laughs> percent just you've got to always be sort of leaning forward just slightly all right so i'm waiting in line watching other people going and it's and the girl that goes before me is like the model of how to do this okay. she's all over the place it's just effortless she's about 18 years old i'm thinking well how hard can this be so now it's my <laughs> turn you put on the helmet start up <laughs> <laughs> and within like 5 seconds, I lean back, <laughs> I flip over, I land square on my head in the water which really almost knocked me out. Right. I mean, I was seeing stars. Whoa. I get up, oh, uh, you know, above the surface of the water and the guy says, "I told you not to do that." <laughs> <laughs> so, there was a half hour of, you know, flying around there and man, I'm telling you, it's exhausting. It's it's no. just exhausting when you're not as good as that girl was. I don't ever want to do it again, but it was it was worth the, being able to
1: do it one time in my life. Oh yeah. There you go Max, a future date. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> was Nancy
2: there, and yeah. did she just give it to you and then send you off? No, yeah. no, she was there she watching. So probably went to fill life insurance. Praying, forms and, oh, please out. may
3: not kill himself, because the dangerous part is you're kind of close to one of those cement piers. Perfect. So you mess up, you could come crashing down on that pier. You my probably had to
1: sign all sorts of waivers. I will not sue. Oh, oh yeah. yeah oh dead. man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Fun day. How long ago was that? That was a long time ago. That was probably I, like 10 years that's ago. That's when I used
2: to work here before. I remember you got that. Wow. Yeah. Eh, Bang. Scott. Max, would you rather have a see through nose or entirely white eyeballs? Oh. oh. <laughs> me, the answer is easy. I'd rather have a
0: see through nose. Mm. That's not what I would. Have you done. were gonna go with white eyeballs and just wear glasses all the, like sunglasses all the time or contacts? I mean, blue cool. contacts. I mean, I'm assuming you can see. <clears throat> Everyone we're would just white. Think you're a zombie or something? I think that'd be cool. I mean, I also. <laughs> Boy, that cool.
3: women go for that.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: I already have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill. I don't think he. She doesn't <laughs> have to like it. I don't think that's why he's going for. It. <laughs> yeah. All right, Max says. All right, I now. guess I did the wrong I one. I would do the c 3 nose, dude. I definitely did the wrong one. So when I envision a (laughs) see-through nose, maybe I envision (laughs) this incorrectly. Are you picturing like a nose that just kind of looks like glass? I, because I, I was like, picturing you just can't see it at all. I was picturing like a, like something you can. Was, you can still see the outline, but you can see. <laughs> I'm picturing, picturing
1: you
3: seeing all the boogers in this. Guy's <laughs> nose. I was like, this is pleasant. Just I'm glad floating. I'm here. I mean, we're all wearing guy. masks anyway. What does it matter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not going to wear them the rest of our lives. I mean, yeah. maybe I will. I was
2: picturing just an invisible nose, but I think it probably is more. Like I, I was picturing like like a, a plexiglass nose. nose. Yeah, like that's. A, that's better than No-Nos, but I still think I'd go with entirely white eyeballs. And no nose
0: that's the second. I think it'd be cool. no nose is also a Baby Driver reference, which makes this the second week in a row we've referenced that movie on, on this S show. Weeks. Last week was Barry White.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, 42 Dan. million views on YouTube. Barry that, White saying, you giving
0: those announcements? Our podcast? Was <laughs> no,
3: just <laughs>
0: we for some Barry. reason, he popped up on my YouTube and I looked at that
3: and said, Barry 42 million views. This is unbelievable.
2: <laughs> yeah. That is unbelievable. That is... Dan, would you rather always have to write with your non dominant hand or mm. always have to write with your eyes closed?
1: Oh, mm. I feel like I don't really write very much. Sure. And so I feel like I. Probably with my non-dominant hand, I could probably get better at it than I could with my eyes closed. But I hardly, I was thinking about that today. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking about that I no, was thinking about writing because my wife's birthday is tomorrow and I'm like, I'm going to write her a card. And I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm actually going to type something up because my, doing this is probably better than how my handwriting would look like because I haven't written in so long. Please tell me you're going to print out just like a Word document that just says, it is your birthday. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about, as I was looking at that, and I was like, I think I would go with my eyes closed, because I feel like if I were doing it with my non-dominant hand, I'd just be frustrated all the time, because uh, I'd see how awful it was, and I wouldn't uh, be able to stop myself. But, but my eyes closed, you only sometimes the it would probably look pretty good, other times it probably look pretty bad, yeah. but it would just be a surprise at the end. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to read the fourth one of this. This right. is a random one for Do me. It. Would I rather push something or pull that same something? We've already done that. We've one done that. That's sure. incredible. I we've done all of them. That's not true, but we've done so many. Some right. people didn't believe me when they said. Would I rather me. find out it that the like house I just 30 bought thirty weeks ago? Max, I'm reading.
0: I'm defending my honor. <laughs> you can read
2: later. <laughs> Would I rather find out that the house I just bought sits on top of an earthquake fault mm. or on top of an Indian burial ground? <laughs> Definitely an Indian burial ground. Yeah. Because you don't yeah. want your house to, to get destroyed. I, don't, you, I, find I don't believe in hauntings. You can
0: find <laughs> arrowheads. That's <hands>. not <laughs>
1: Bill. That's I mean, not
0: like, why you build a house on an Indian burial ground. You don't. It's
2: true. But you, he didn't know it was built. Yeah. Time. I found before, before, he found, the found out after the fact. <laughs> so, you know, so I, I wasn't choosing to your... be disrespectful. Yeah. I don't believe in hauntings. So That's I'd true. rather not have my house destroyed by that.
0: That is a good point. Is that you're finding out now. Yeah that's a, that's a that's a fair point. I mean, it's not like, like you can either build your house on it. That's that that right. is a more complicated question. True. But there's True. nothing complicated about arrowheads, right, Bill? <laughs> uh
2: Scott, <laughs> you just awesome finished the reading Bible the Bible in 90 days, is that right? Kind of. It and took you- me more than 90 days the second time, <laughs> 91 and a half days. <laughs> the first one I was like really on top of it, but the second one had the holidays in there. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was but yes, I've I just finished reading it. Sure. And that was the NLT this time? It was the NLT this time. Sure. Although I think it might have been like an older version of the NLT. As we talked about last week, I found it in the basement. Oh, right. And now it is mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, <laughs> I mean, I in heard. the staff meeting, you said like reading it that
2: quickly was just like amazing. Yeah. Tell about it a little bit. Um, well, definitely, I'd say, I mean, doing it twice in a row is interesting. Hmm. Uh, There's definitely a bit of a like, coming down off a high going from the end of revelation, which is like the culmination of God's plan. And then like, boom, back in Genesis, like the next day, mm, <laughs> you know, yep. like, ah, we yep. got a long road ahead of us. Starting the Lord of the Rings over um, again. <laughs> Because like, I think, and maybe Dan or Bill could chime in on this, but like, I think when you're reading through the Bible cover to cover, like when you get to the new Testament, it's like, all right, like not just hey, because man. it's, mm-hmm. yeah, not just because yeah. it's like shorter or more replicable or whatever, but just because it's like, yes, Jesus has arrived. We can move on in the redemptive plan. Mm. Um, yeah,
1: I just got to Matthew in my couple of years to the Bible plan. Definitely not as fast as God. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible in 90 years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Bible in like
1: two years, just going slow and taking my time. Yeah. And like, yeah, I got to Matthew couple, like a week and a half ago.
2: And I was like, you This feels good. Yeah. Mm. Feels good. Yeah. Feels really good to finish like Ezekiel um, because then it's just like this short yeah. prophets. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and then we're <laughs> in the New Testament. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Um, it is really awesome to read it all in a condensed period of time, especially if you've never done it before. I think you'll notice a lot of things that that you just don't notice uh, otherwise. And and um, the great thing, well, there's a lot of good things about it. Um, one of the good things about it is that when you are reading, like say Romans or 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 the Corinthians, usually you're reading the whole book in one day because mm. um, they're not too long. Uh, mm. Maybe you you know there might be another chapter or two, but if you you know if you wanted to, you could finish it. Uh, and the cool thing about that is that that's probably how Paul intended it to be received, you know, yeah. it was just kind of in one go. And mm-hmm. and obviously, I think, especially in Romans, there's a lot of, like, just, like, through lines. You know, he's, he says something, and then he's like, and therefore, and then he, like, kind of builds on it, and then he says that he's like, and therefore, and so there's just, like, this, this constant building sort of his argument. And I think you really miss a lot if you just read it in segments and don't, um, at the very least, kind of go back and refresh, like, where are we coming from, and how do we get to this mm-hmm. therefore? Yeah. Um, so that's really cool for like the epistles um, to kind of just see them in their entirety and like see the themes that Paul is communicating. Um, and then for the Old Testament, um, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of names and places that when you're plowing through it in like two months, like you realize that they just come up over and over and over and you like really start to become more familiar with them because you just read them so many times. Whereas if you were to just to pop back in the Old Testament and read Isaiah, you know, I'm like, I'm going to read Isaiah now. Uh, and read it like a chapter a day or whatever, you probably wouldn't notice that, oh, all these places, like these are the same places that that was talking about in, in Joshua um, and like where they were coming in and establishing themselves and just stuff like that. So you notice, mm. you just notice things that you wouldn't have probably picked up on before because everything is, you know, closer together and, and you can actually remember what you read a week ago as opposed mm. to, you know, a year ago. Yeah.
3: Oh, then 90 days, that is the way to go.
2: Hmm.
0: Rather than stretching it out.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just comprehend so much better. I think the reason why people fail at the read the Bible through in a year is it's too slow. Mm. I mean, what Mm. other book do you ever read? I'm just going to read two pages. Okay. (laughs) And then you have a few days where crazy stuff's happened in life. You get out of the habit. Whereas at 90 days, man, you're on the beam. Mm. That becomes your top priority.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I had that requirement, but I think I stretched it out and read... Maybe both versions in the span of a year, okay, or a little more than a year, but that's going back almost ten years now. Mm. But I remember I did one of the New King James, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, I felt like it married Mm. the like the what I grew up hearing like those Bible verses um, in the classic King James, but also like (laughs) updated a little bit. (laughs) Mm. I I really got a lot out of that. I remember sure just changing up the versions a little bit from what I normally read.
0: Yeah, Bill, do you have a word from Rome this week? Have you been reading more? Oh of your...
3: yeah.
1: Bill, I got that book too because I was inspired <laughs> oh, <yeah>. by you.
3: The <laughs> decline and fall?
1: Yeah. I didn't realize it was written in 1730.
3: It was written <laughs> 1730? It's, it's a hard read.
1: It really it, is. Yeah, it is a little bit of a hard, but it's very interesting.
3: And it's very, very high level of scholarship. That guy seemingly read everything that ever been written about Rome. Mm. He's very
1: thorough. Yeah. I was mm. reading about the the armies and how they like what their strategies were and how they would train constantly. Like this guy's in depth. Wow.
3: So today's reading, this was pretty cool. It's declining pretty badly the youth of Rome are just profligate indolent. They're worthless people. What do
0: either of those words mean?
1: So, profligate or indolent. like wasteful, profligate is wasteful.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah, indolent, indolent
0: lazy? Just super lazy. Okay.
3: So because everything's been handed to them, so they're used to being oh, really yeah. a type of nobility and and Rome needs them to Arm up and go out and fight, and mm-hmm. so rather than doing that, they cut off the fingers on their right hand because that was considered. Now you're disabled because you can't hold a sword. Wow! So you got all these young men running around Rome with no fingers on their right hand. Wow. Think, golly, this is this is disgusting. Yeah. Of course, I grew up. Not didn't grow up, but but I went to a Quaker school, and Quakers are pacifists. They refuse to fight. Okay. And so they would have seminars. The Vietnam War was going on and how to not get drafted. And, and these men are like in their 60s and they are as serious as a heart attack, Quaker men. And they're saying, of course, one thing you can do, you can shoot off your big toe and you won't be qualified to be in the army. And, and they were serious. This was not a joke. They meant it, that there are people doing this. That just blew my mind. I
1: suppose they went that direction instead of just being like, "Hey, you should join the ministry," because <laughs> yeah, there was exceptions for pastors and clergy yeah. back in those days. Oh. Yeah,
3: I think it was four D, D being for divinity. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh today is the United States presidential inauguration. I'm excited for this to be the last episode involving real-world politics for a while. Mm. Uh, we've At had we a, we've had a fun year, but yeah, there's no way good. anything interesting could ever happen again. Ever. Um, oh no, you just jinxed us. <laughs> now we can get back to focusing Biden's on... going to have
3: a heart attack tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this will come out on Friday, so people will <laughs> ever think you're crazy or a prophet. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can get back to Worrying about podcast politics. Yeah. (laughs) Something that matters. Important ones. Um, But before we uh, put the election season completely behind us, I wanted to talk about uh, really briefly... something I read in in Jeremiah 29 about sort of our role as believers in civic life. I'm sure this will be very familiar to you guys, but in Jeremiah 29, God sort of sends this message to the Jews who are in exile in Babylon. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters increase in number. There do not decrease also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile, pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too Mm. will prosper. Um, Peter calls us strangers and, and aliens. Uh, and so I've heard it said that, you know, we are sort of in exile, uh, as believers, we're in exile in, in the world. Right. Um, in, in sort of an earthly Babylon, and I was wondering if you guys could shed some light on on sort of the the question of why God would call us to settle down, like where we are, to to plant vineyards, so to speak, and build houses, and um, yeah. why should we invest in the society that we're in, in the world that we're in, mm-hmm. uh, instead of being you know sort of nomadic and and disconnected from. Mm-hmm um you know the problems that these people who don't believe in god have with their mm-hmm. political battles and their mm-hmm. struggles and things like that it seems like it'd be a lot easier and it might even make it easier for us to focus on god because then we're not starting to sort of intermix these ideologies of mm-hmm. what is the most important thing in the universe
2: um, i would push back a little bit on applying too directly to ourselves the first part of that passage mm-hmm. um because you know there there's the tendency. Um, and the risk when we read through the Old Testament to be like, oh, this is God oh, this is speaking for us. to us. Exactly. That's right. And I think what God was saying to them in the first part of the passage, particularly, I think the praying for the the country, that's a, the city that you're in, that's maybe a little different. But the first part, I think God is really saying to them, you know, this is not going to be over soon. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm exiling you. This is your punishment. Yes. Like, I'm not going to come and save you from this, like, in this generation. And Um, I will say
0: one of the really cool things about the end of Jeremiah 29 is he sends a letter to a false prophet who has been telling everybody, Mm -hmm. no, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be 70 years. Somebody shut Jeremiah up. Right. Like he's bringing us, (laughs) bringing us down. (laughs) He's ruining
2: the vibe. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So I would say, you know, like the, the, the meaning is very different because I think in some ways, when we look at the new Testament, we see kind of the opposite, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Jesus sends out his, his people with no. Preparation is not quite the right word, but you know they don't they don't bring anything with them for the journey. They go out to just trusting in God's power, uh, which is not exactly you know, antithetical. But the, the main point I'm saying is that you know we believe that Jesus Christ's return is is imminent mm-hmm. in some fashion. You know whether you are you know, like as Pastor Dave was talking about a week or two ago, pre-trib or post-trib. Like we know that Jesus or the the events preceding his second coming, like those things could start whenever. Um, and so I think rather than you know then god saying like this isn't going to happen soon so like just kind of get comfortable here and 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 don't await what is going to happen don't await deliverance i think we're told to eagerly await deliverance mm. and i think in that you know we're told to be in the world um, but not of the world mm-hmm. and and as we eagerly await deliverance for ourselves we are told to save as many people as we can or, or preach to as many people as we can yeah I think that that necessitates the involvement that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that we don't appear like these standoffish, aloof, or ignorant mm. Christians off on our on our monastery, but that we're you know, we're dealing with the real world problems too because you know we care about the eternal lives of the people that we're interacting with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that would kind of be my my yeah. initial reaction to that passage for sure.
1: Yeah, I, when I think about the Jewish people in that situation, <laughs> you know, getting taken out of their homes and moved to Babylon, kind of look at them kind of like in a little bit of a folded arms position. Like this is not going to last long. Like you were saying, Max, Mm -hmm. like this is just temporary, like kind of believing the false prophets. We're going to get back here. We don't want to have to do those things Mm -hmm. because we're just, we're temporary. Yeah. We don't want, we don't want to have to seek the peace of the city. Like I'm sure when people heard that, that wasn't, they weren't the hugest fans of that Mm -hmm. kind of line of thinking of like, it's not our problem. It's not our, it's not our our home. Yeah. Uh, And I think, I've tried to make an application in my own life as a Christian thinking it would be really easy to be like, this place is not my home. I don't Mm -hmm. like I, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven and be with Jesus forever. Mm -hmm. It'd be really easy to kind of, to be complacent. But God, I believe is calling me and all of us as believers to go and make disciples, to be active Mm -hmm. in this world
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, for him. Because if not, how are people going to see the people in our lives who maybe we're the only Christian that they know if we're just kind of closed off to sharing or closed off to, talking to people or connecting how are they going to see christ in action christ in us the hope of glory Mm. amen
3: this is what bible believing christians get accused of in the here and now Mm. because so many christians tout we're going to be raptured so we don't really care about peace in the middle east this is all building up this is great Mm. and the rest of the world looks at us christians and says okay since you guys are checking out, mm. then we don't really care what your opinion is. Right, mm-hmm. we're going yeah. to do what we think's right. You don't really have a say anymore, because you've divorced yourself from us. Mm. Mm. So that's one of the real problems with the pre-Trib rapture in terms of how people behave yeah. towards the world and and the world's response
2: to it. Mm. Mm. I was, I think this was in this book. I've been reading um, this. It's called a basic guide to eschatology, which is a little bit of a misnomer because, like, not very basic. It's not, it's not basic. super basic. <laughs> it's if you want a basic guide to eschatology, um, my okay. former head pastor um, wrote a really simple little book. I forget exactly what it's called, but that's very basic. <laughs> that uh, is the basic guide to eschatology. <laughs> but this one, which is called Basic Guide to Eschatology, like he'll say, you know, and then just in the in the line of the sentence this, and then it'll just be like a Greek word with no definition, mm-hmm. no explanation, and so I'm just left all right (laughs) i don't like i'm reading it out loud i'm like i don't i can't pronounce this word (laughs) Mm -hmm. but anyway um Mm. i digress he he talks i think it was in this book that that he talked about how um we as the church in the last couple hundred years have really removed in the way that we think and talk and act in the world our hope for the future but that that's like a a deep felt need Mm -hmm. of humanity Mm. yeah and so secularism has created mm. this hope for the future in like uh, communism and in like evolution and the, these things that, that provide a hope without a god mm-hmm, uh, mm. and he says you know the churches are yeah a hope and a future one of those are a, fu- a hope or a future without a god whereas the church is now providing god without a hope or a future mm. uh, and he's like mm. we need to bring back that hope and that future that we are looking forward to because yeah. mm. otherwise like bill was just saying the world's gonna say well fine like if you're not going to do anything about this like we're just going to yeah, We're going to give ourselves what we need in mm. terms of those mm-hmm. things. Mm.
1: Absolutely. I heard, I heard recently an interesting quote. The world sees us or identifies us more for what we're against than what we're for. Right. Mm. We're against a lot of things, but there's also a lot of things that God is for. Is for families being whole and complete. Mm. He's for mm-hmm. for life and, truth. and wholeness, completeness, truth, and Justice. Like good things. Mercy. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: Final thoughts on uh, on that before we... That away and never talk about politics for another four
2: days. <laughs> I mean, an emergency podcast on Sunday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this has Not been Calvin a test of the, the emergency the podcast system. <laughs> 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 well, I think
0: that's as good a final word as it is. Absolutely. Uh, let's get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week this week is brought to you once again by the adult education course Hope in the Dark. Have you ever wondered, even secretly, where are you, God? Can I really trust you? Whether it's a question that you've struggled with in the past or are facing right now, you are invited to join us as we explore the work of author Craig Rochelle in Facing Down the Truth. During our reading and discussion, we will be looking at the story of Habakkuk, a prophet of God who also struggled with trust and doubt. Together, we will discover how God meets us even in life's most challenging moments and encourage one another as we wrestle with the reality of pain, doubt, and unanswered questions. Hope in the Dark, mm-hmm. adult education class going on right now through March 14th on Sundays from 9.45 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. To learn more and for the Zoom link, visit loomingdalechurch.org <clears throat> weekly or just grab Bill and shake him and say, I need to go to this class. Be there or be square. This (laughs) class is great. Just great. (laughs) It it shows me how powerful the scriptures
3: are. Nancy Hellstrom, I don't know how she did this, but she pinpointed the passages in Jeremiah, Micah, Ezekiel that tied in with Habakkuk. Hmm. And so you read these scriptures out loud as part of the class and you you can just see how powerful the word of God is that just to hear the scriptures, even if the fire alarm rang and we all had to run out right after reading all those scriptures it'd be like, boy, that was really worthwhile. Mm-hmm. That was really great being here. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Uh, for topic of the week, this week we are taking a look at uh, the Heidelberg Catechism. Uh, I don't know much about it other than it's a big deal um, at a church that, that we went to in, in college. a college church right next to Wheaton. But a friend of mine shared it with me uh, this week. Uh, and the first two questions in particular um, are really beautiful and really resonated with me. And so I wanted to talk about them and about our relationship to um, these sort of uh, very organized sort of Doctrinal outlines, right? Of like memorizing question and answer, um, and and really about catechisms as a whole. I know um, Dan mentioned uh, while we were getting set up. You know, he's familiar with like Catholic catechisms, and uh, I want to start from the basics. Uh,
1: so to start, big picture, what is a catechism? Well, it's a collection of religious doctrines, kind of codified and written down. I think for the purpose originally of Training new converts, whether they were mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. or adults, who were called catechumens.
2: <laughs> catechumens. <laughs> if I'm saying that are catechumens so <laughs> or something. Hmm.
1: Catechumen. <laughs> and the process is called catechesis or something like that.
0: <laughs> so, is that something that that happens within uh, the Christian and Missionary Alliance? Because the most catechisms I'm familiar with, again, I think of Catholic C- yeah, ones. Yeah, I, I like associate them more with the high
1: high church high
0: church kind of of, of denominations. But I want to walk through. Um, basically the the first two sort of question and and answer pieces and i want to hopefully you guys can walk me through a little bit of how some of these answers are constructed not necessarily historically i think the heidelberg catechism Catechism. (laughs) (laughs) you were saying dan is from like 1619 yeah exactly um so we weren't there when it was constructed i bet Um, bill's long long lost relative john calvin was there Almost certainly. I, mean, when, I think he was maybe was he dead? dead by then. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Uncle Jeff. I don't remember when...
3: <laughs> he lived in the 1500s. And when he didn't did live do. that long. I think he only lived to be like 49. And he wrote
2: maybe 200 books. Wow. All those institutes. So then you got to get started writing those books. <laughs> I know. i only yeah. got a couple years. You're, you're going to hit 200 before you turn 49. <laughs> Bill, how many books have you written? Written? Yeah. yeah. Two. Really? Can we access Are them? they published? Is no. one of them... There was, one one's is a, a doctoral a, dissertation, the okay, other yeah. one's... One was an assimilation book. book on, I yeah, a
3: book on assimilation. Hmm. Huh. But I I didn't get it published. I, I didn't really like it. So hmm. I'm thinking, <laughs> I want to get a professional writer to work with me and I want to ask Adrian if he'll have an infographic for each chapter.
2: Cool. Is this like a pretty recent thing that you've been working on?
3: Yeah, well, like in the last... I don't know, five, 10 years. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool. Wow. Is it going to get published?
3: You know what I think is going to happen is I get that professional writer. If Adrian does the infographics, I might self publish it. Wow. Cause even people that are published authors are doing a lot of self publishing
1: now. And you can do it as an ebook.
3: Yeah. Yes. You can do it as an ebook. Um, yeah. And it might be better as an ebook because it's on how do you help people belong in the church and, what worked say 10 years ago psh, you, you couldn't even begin to do that now. It's just uh. that passé. So you think, yeah, it'd be nice to be able to update this stuff and you can with an ebook. Mm-hmm.
1: Huh. I'd buy
0: it. I'd buy two Thank you. and <laughs> give one away. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy three. <laughs> And, and throw we'll, them all away. <laughs> I wouldn't keep any of them. I wouldn't even open it. <laughs> it makes
1: me <it> sick. <laughs> no, don't, don't do what Nathaniel Hawthorne did when he wrote his first book. I think it was called Fanshawe. And he hated it so much that he gathered up all the copies <laughs> he, he could find and burn them all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Especially if they're e books. He's just taking people's yeah. computers and throwing them down the stairs.
3: Once you've written one and you look at it, it, it is easy to see why authors hate their stuff. It's mm. like, oh, this, this, this is not good enough. It's not good. So the greatest book ever written in the estimation of many literary, literary people is Virgil's Aeneid. Mm. I don't read Latin, so I can't really get to understanding it, but it's all written in perfect meter. Oh. And, and we're talking about essentially like a 100, 150-page poem that's in perfect meter. Wow. And it took him years and years and years to write it. And he got done, and he says to his friend, whatever you do, make sure... If I die before you, you, you burn this book. Don't let anybody read it. <laughs> Thankfully, the guy <laughs> didn't really do that friend, because yeah. this, this is considered the best ever. And it is a great story. I understood the story anyway. Hmm. Wow. I guess, uh, I think it was Kafka did the same kind of stuff. Don't let them publish this stuff.
1: Yeah. Emily Dickinson it. wasn't even famous until she was dead and then all of her poems got published. Right.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I didn't bring my charger today. Okay. We're at 42 minutes and I don't have, and I have 5% battery left. Oh, oh. Let's, let's wrap. So we go. might <laughs> just hold on to the hydro- So let me read it. Let me, <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to go get a charger for you? I mean, it's already four. Okay. Um, but let me read this.
2: Let me read this to you. We'll because- leave them in suspense. And we'll leave them in suspense. <gasps> just read the questions. Next week we'll read the answer.
0: Yeah. The- that'll be the bet for the week is what's the answer yeah dan uh what is your only comfort in life and death the lord jesus christ scott same (laughs) (laughs) all right for a tiebreaker uh what must you know to live and die in the joy of this comfort okay let me read this what is your only comfort in life and death now this is question one of the whole catechism that I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful savior, Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood. He has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation. And because I belong to him, Christ by his Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life, and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for Him. Mm. Um,
1: With backed up by ten yeah. points
0: of scripture references, which are probably like thirty passages, which have plenty of subpoints as well. Um, is that missing anything? I think that uh, that's an you awesome answer. I was so, so
3: impressed when I read that answer. I thought, wow, this is incredible.
0: Good. I love that they bring in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. They talk about the tyranny of the devil, like the stakes are involved the
1: the the hope is very mm. well encapsulated. Yeah, it it kind of hits a lot of bases in mm-hmm. just a little bit of space of lines. Yes. And nice. no wasted words. No. And
0: like what you were saying Dan, this is like I love that this is training. Mm-hmm. Cuz like to go through life with that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like I had to memorize this as a kid, but if you really believed it, oh yeah. and you like held on to it, like it's 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 beautiful. And I love how many scripture references there are. Um, mm. so then this is the second one question two is what must, you know, to live and die in the joy of this comfort? And the answer is three things. First, how great my sin and misery are. Second, how I am set free from all my sins and misery. And third, how I am to thank God for such deliverance. Mm. Um, and so this is sort of the introduction to the rest beautiful. of the catechism, which is divided into three sections of mm. um, what do we know about our sin and our misery? And then how am I set free from my sins? And 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 then thirdly, how am I to respond? How am I to thank mm. God for my deliverance? So if you guys are interested, I would love to walk through this in a, in a future episode yeah. um, and sort of take our time with it because I think it's really beautiful. And I also think, you know, there's a lot of things like this that are out there. Mm-hmm. And I want... I personally and I think listeners would benefit from it too. I want to train in how to divine what is good doctrine and good mm-hmm. theology. What mm-hmm. what doesn't just like sound good and like feel good to read, but what you read and you're like that is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I just and, love and, how much scripture that was baked is, into this. And I thought mm-hmm. that
1: was the that's what stuck out to me immediately. It wasn't just someone saying like, this is what I think. Yeah. Someone that, this is what the this is what the word of God says. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure we Put all the annotations in there. (laughs) That gives me more
2: confidence in it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I I like that the first step of, you know, what must I know to live and die in this joy is to know how great are my sins Mm -hmm. and misery. And I think that's something that we, Mm -hmm. like, kind of miss a little bit today. Like certain people get it but it's usually just the people that have lived yeah. through like horrible you know addictions or whatever yeah. like they can see it but that's true for all of us like Amen. how great are our sins and misery and i think that that's that that leads so wonderfully into like the next two things that like how we were mm-hmm. saved from that and how we we're to thank god yes. for that yes and i think that's something that like you know I, I don't really know how you focus on that without like being hellfire and brimstoney about it but there's there's we need to get ourselves off our own pedestals and, and realize the, mm. the depravity of, of what we do. Yeah, I'm not sure what how to do that. <laughs> at least not in like a corporate sense, but, mm. but I think that that's really important.
0: And I think it's beautiful that, like you said, you know, you, ha- you have to start with sin and misery, but also that like you can't stay there, but you can't also just stay at how I'm set free. You right. can't be like, uh, <clears throat> things were bad, now they're good and uh and now i'll put it in park and just wait to die and go to jesus right it's like all right what's the rest of your life like now and Mm -hmm. how is every day of your life a response to what has happened Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you can genuinely truly respond without part one right because if you don't know the weight of uh you know we can't fully understand the weight of sin but like if you can't understand even a little bit of it Mm -hmm. like how can you how can you be so compelled forward um, toward the glory of God, uh, without understanding like what His glory is and what it means, mm. yeah, it's amazing.
1: Kind of touches on what we talked before about in terms of the Israelites who were in Jeremiah's day. Because I belong to Him, Christ by His Holy Spirit assures me of eternal life, so I know where mm-hmm. I'm going. Mm-hmm. But He also makes me wholeheartedly willing, mm-hmm. willing and ready, yeah, willing and ready from now on to live for Him. Amen. Was so mm-hmm. that aspect of Amen the here and now and also the future? Yeah. not one or the other. Yeah,
0: both. Listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can send questions, would you rathers trivia, quizzes.
2: Or catachut
0: And your catachoot,
1: your Pikachus. Catachumen.
0: Your catachumen. To podcast at <laughs> bloomingdalechurch.org. So now we all sound really far away. Hello. Uh, hi. But uh, my laptop died. I didn't bring a charger today. But we still have to end the show. Uh, and it is Scott's week. So oh. I will say that is officially. According to my laptop, all the time we have this week. Uh, Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Max. Max. Scott. You just pick up my phone and take us home.
1: You have been listening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) From a thousand yards away. From a thousand miles away. You have been listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. Brought to you from Bloomingdale, Illinois. The heart of the nation. (laughs) Woo! There's
0: like an alternate universe where every episode, just like Russ did, my brother hey. asks. Uh, okay, so up. Oh, you still have battery life in your computer? <laughs> We're doing this. I'm at two percent. Oh my goodness! We're doing this instead of uh, instead of a new bet because I want you to chew on this one, my brother wrote in and said, okay, so a pound of fat on the human body is 3,500 calories, but a pound of vegetable oil is 4,000 calories. In other words, you could drink a pound of vegetable oil or less than a pound of vegetable oil. In other words, you can gain a pound by consuming less than a pound. Where does the additional weight
2: come from? Well, first of all, that's not really how the body works. Like you don't just gain weight by consuming calories. Like your body uses the calories to so, like, you wouldn't just eat a pound of mm. food and then, and then like, get a pound. Yeah. So like, first you have to take into consideration, like how your body is using the calories that it's consuming that's as well right. as how it's using the calories that it's stored as fat. That's right. So I don't really have an answer to his question, but it's kind of like <laughs> I a disagree with the concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. <laughs>
0: Sorry, Russ. Dan. Well, you could
3: drink a pound of water. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you're going to weigh a pound more if you get on the scale right away, but but you haven't really gained weight sure. in the truest sense because you drank water.
1: Mm-hmm. Also depends on how much exercise you do. If you <laughs> drink a pound of vegetable oil or have less than a pound or whatever, sure. whatever Russ said. Yes, and then if you go and. Like run ten miles in a day, yeah, and then go and lift then some weights, and you're going to burn those fast. calories,
2: yeah. And you're going to burn those calories and probably not gain any weight. I'm going to be also. Honest. Let's not forget that if you drink a pound of vegetable oil, you'll probably throw up. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get sick. <laughs>
0: it's, <laughs> it's probably well, disgusting. I, I, I am a hundred percent confident that none of these answers are satisfactory. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm at one well, percent battery right now. He
2: needs to provide some proof.
0: Yeah, that that is the burden of proof is on
2: Russ. Yeah, hey, amen. <laughs>
0: One day we're going to have him on the show and it's going to be amazing. Uh, for our closing segment, <laughs> hold on, I have to save it again. <laughs> so we go on visiting tomorrow? Yeah. All right. Go we'll visit Max. 12 okay.
3: 30, is that your time? That should work. Nobody visits okay. better than
0: yeah. me and Dan. Billy <laughs> Bill and Scott. Visiting Masters. Good
3: competition. That's right. <laughs> How many? Competitive visiting. Competitive. It's kind of like competitive praying. Can you fill out this
1: survey you've been visited? Thank <laughs> yeah, yeah. you for having been visited by <laughs> Bloomingo Church. Rank your, rank your experience. Please right? Yes. We'll give you a free
3: oh, Bible. Golly. That's right. I know. Free jelly
0: beans, I think.
3: <laughs> There's an Old Testament <laughs> verse that has to do with making sacrifices, and it's, no one should come before oh. the Lord empty-handed. Maybe.
1: Yeah. it's <laughs> Like, yeah. Yeah. No, well, I mean, the, the Lord made it
0: very possible.
3: If you don't have money, bring in a pigeon.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> that is a phrase. You don't have money? Bring it. Up. We should say that in the church. <laughs> 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 Give boxes over there. If you don't have money, bring <laughs> in a pigeon.
3: Your, Where am I going <laughs> to get a pigeon? <laughs> Here's your foul box. <laughs>
1: Yeah. We, we'll, we'll, I would be if we had to reinstitute the sacrifices, I'd be like so miserable, like slaughtering sheep. And we so get like a lot of good, we'd get, get a lot of good, like choice morsels on the side. But true, man, that would be like a miserable don't job. Don't I don't ever for meat anymore. How do you sleep at night? If you're like, a, oh, all you see is like a goat. And their robes,
3: those beautiful robes are just covered in blood yeah. almost instantly. That's the part I'm really scratching my head over. <laughs> That's true Because God really made him go all out Making those robes beautiful And it's just like dude, well, Covered one. in blood First
1: minute spurt
3: But, but I think the Lord's <laughs> answer would be uh, That's nothing compared to my son being
0: covered
2: with that, blood That's mm. true
0: Fair enough Yeah, He's always got that's that true. in his back
2: pocket <laughs> Oh, just oh you just to bring this up Jesus. <laughs> Exactly <laughs> Can I ever have something for myself <laughs>